Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty, everybody. I'm with my uh, good friend, Mr. Jared Harrington. He's the uh, founder and uh, CEO of BTO Ventures, which is an intercontinental uh, business we're going to be talking about today, and also the founder of BTO Global. BTO stands for Beat the Odds, and it's a uh, it's a nonprofit that he's doing some amazing things with financial uh, uh, literacy and entrepreneurship, and the list goes on and on. So, Jared, thanks for being here, my friend. I really appreciate it. Oh, anytime, my brother. I'm happy to be here. Well, we uh, we're honored to have you. Um, you know, I always start out every show with um, a couple of reasons why I've invited this specific guest to join us, and uh, uh, really, it comes down to two things when it comes to Jared Harrington. First and foremost, he's an athlete. He's an NBA basketball player. Plays for uh, NBA Africa. And I I wanted to invite Jared on kind of as a continuation of our conversation last week with Lloyd Ward of Ward Holdings. Jared and Lloyd are very good friends. They work together. And uh, I am just fascinated by Africa, by the business opportunities there, the heart, just everything happening. So uh, it's one of the reasons why I invited you to be on the show, Jared, just so we can delve deeper into that subject. And um, and secondly, I love having guests. I love getting to know people who are making a difference. And you are most definitely doing that, even at your young age. I mean, I'm twice your age, at least. <laughs> I have to tell you a funny story about that later. But um, but yeah, I uh, I uh, I just I'm really impressed with everything Jared is doing with his foundation, and uh, we've got some stories to tell about that today. So. So, Jared, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man, thanks for having me once again, man. It's an honor, you know, that to, to do this with my good friend, you know, and to influence the people about what's really going on in Africa. Well, it's uh, there's a lot, right? It's uh, I think uh, many people are even surprised or they're just not informed on just what a vibrant continent it is and just how much is happening business-wise and just on many different uh, fronts. So uh, so let's start out the, the session today, the episode, just getting to know you a little bit. Tell us about where you grew up. I know you're from Maryland originally, but now you're living in Africa, working mm-hmm. and traveling back and forth. But uh, tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your family, and how you got yeah, started. For sure, <laughs> for sure man. I, I actually, I was born in Washington, D.C., uh, I lived in D.C. and, like you said, Maryland throughout my life. Um, you know, I've been a basketball athlete uh, for as long as I can remember. My brother actually is a current coach on the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, growing up, I always was in his shadow and, under, you know, he right. being the, the big football guy. And so I wanted to really, you know, create my own lane. So I chose basketball and you know, I ended up getting a little tall. <laughs> so uh, from there, um, I ended up going to Daniel Webster College. I was in Nashua, New Hampshire, major Uh adjustment. And then uh, after that, I went to Albany State um, University in Georgia, Uh, did some great things there, uh, set some records, uh, got them on the map a little bit. And then I declared for the NBA draft after that. And then, um, you know, that's where the the pro story 
of Jared Harrington starts. Right. So I bet that was a culture shot going from DC and Maryland to New Hampshire, right? For Middle sure, of nowhere. For sure. For sure. But hard, for me, gorgeous country, but yeah, for, for me, it was a mentality move. Um, I feel like DC and Maryland at the time was, it was home. It was a little bit too comfortable for me. So I wanted to really get away because I, you know, everybody always told me you have to be uncomfortable to make some great things happen. I'm a firm believer of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, talking about culture shocks and talking talking about stretching yourself. I mean, you've been doing that kind of your whole career, going from from uh, Washington D.C. up into New England, from New England down to the South in Georgia, and experiencing HBCU there. I mean, Albany mm-hmm. State. You actually set a record there for most points ever scored by a player, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, and then you went from there to Mongolia to play. <laughs> I mean, talk about culture yeah. shock, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and then from there to Cape Town. So, um, tell me about your family before we jump in too much about basketball. You, you have siblings, parents still living. Sure. What, you know, what's going on so in, that, in that department? For sure. So I have two parents. Uh, they've been married for the last thirty-five years. They're awesome. Shout out to Daryl Darling Harrington. Uh, nice. Big brother, like I said, he's a uh, coach for the Dallas Cowboys currently. He actually played overseas football before. He was with, he had a little stint with the Chargers, and then he actually went to Europe, lived over there for about five years, and then from there he began his coaching career. So, you know, that's a, a guy that I modeled myself out of as well. And then I have a big sister who has, you know, she just has degrees, just degree after degree after degree. So she's, you know, we're, we're a very focused, tight-knit family. Um, we nice. don't really, you know, our, our situation is a little different, right? Because we're, we don't really pat each other on the back as much as the average family. We're more of a, okay, this is what you were supposed to do now. What's next? Right. <laughs> and so when you grow up in that mentality, man, it always, you know, helps you scale and it helps you really you know, see where, where you really want to go. Right. Isn't it like that? You know, our family, they, they motivate us in one way or the other. You really, we come from a really a family that struggled and has problems, and we want to break out of that, break it, break the chain, right, and do, do something more. Or we come from a very successful family, and there's that expectation and that competition and that drive. And you know, I think you know, good, bad, or indifferent, our families do form us and guide us and make us who we are. You know, so I'm uh, grateful. I'm grateful to hear you come from a great family and congrats to your parents. 35 years. That's not, that's no, uh, it's nothing to shake a stick at that's all, you know, that's all. with as many, uh, as many marriages are failing these days. I love it when I hear about a, a family, a, a couple who's, who's stuck it out because it's hard work, right? I mean, marriage it's, is it's super hard work. I can already tell you it's super hard work. I mean, you're you still know, single, but you've seen it. You've experienced it. You've watched your parents go through good times, bad times, I'm sure, and hard times. And, and it's just sure. uh, just uh, not and, giving up, right? And we also got to think about my dynamic that I grew up with outside of my immediate family, right? Because you know, I'm growing up with aunties and uncles and cousins and friends. They don't know anything about marriage. They don't, you know, 20-year marriages, nothing like that. So my parents were really the first to do a lot of great things, right? The first wow. to, you know, stick it out. The first to make a, a decent amount of money compared to the rest of my family. So, you know, we have always been taught, you know, even though our reality is like this, don't be a conformist of it. Do more. Yeah, totally. My, uh, my parents, John and Sue, they've been married 54 years. I can always remember that because I'm 53. I was born like nine months after they were married. I was a true 
in a honeymoon baby, right? I think eight months, three weeks to the day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's interesting talking about your siblings because I look at my own children. I've got five children, three boys, two girls. And you're absolutely right that they each pick their lane, right? You picked basketball. Your your brother was was football. Your, your, your sister's academics. I've got, you know, my oldest two, my son and daughter are both very academic. Uh, my daughter got a full ride scholarship to Wellesley College in Boston. Now she's applying for dental schools. You know, my son went the kind of the science route. He he got a scholarship to University of Oregon, got a double major, works for Intel now. Uh, my t- the, the next two are the athletes. My daughter was a yeah. gymnast for uh, the Oregon Ducks. Now she's uh, she's out of school, and my son is at Cal State uh, Bakersfield as a diver, and my last mm-hmm. son is playing football and chasing girls and he's 16 so you know, living a life he's enjoying driving you know i mean so but they're very different they're all personalities are different i bet they each kind of took their lane and it's you know i'm proud so yeah. um you know jared and i met oh, for all of our listeners out there we met at a ceo summit at liberty university uh, in october of this year so we're fairly new friends but we hit it right off and we were there for this big uh, CEO summit, African delegate summit, where they do a combined uh, conference for the week. And much of it is about developing trade and relationships between Africa and the U.S. There's several delegates. I mean, the, the president of Ghana spoke there, and along with Newt Gingrich and, and so forth. But but Jared was one of the celebrities there. I mean, he came in, was asked to come in and speak. He, it was, you were actually there for just a short time. You had to leave early, right? Because you, you yep, was it early. was it Libya you had to go to or somewhere you were going to to explore a possible new contract, right? Yep, mm-hmm. went to Tunisia. Tunisia, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so let's let's jump into the basketball because obviously that's a that's a huge part of your life, right? And uh, it's not very often I meet someone who's taller than me. I'm six foot four. You know, so I was looking up to you. You're six, 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 seven, right? Right yep, in that range. Yep, six, six. Mm-hmm. And uh, our stories uh, are similar in in ways. I was a forward in high school, played varsity, ended up playing guard in college. I played for the army in Texas, and then uh, so I was a shooting guard at six four. And because um, when I got into college, there were a lot of taller guys there, right? <laughs> so. Um, but you have you have gone from high school to college into the pros, and then you went to Cape Town. You were in Mongolia briefly, and then mm-hmm. you went to Cape Town, where you took them to two championships. Right? Am I am I yes, correct sir. in my uh, in my stats? Um, yes, tell yes, me about your experience in Cape Town. I know you you're, you're not there anymore. You just signed with uh, South Sudan Cobra Sports, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to talk about that. But tell me about Cape Town because. It was really an extraordinary experience there, right? Sure. So I spent 11 straight months in Cape Town, right? So um, mind you, this was my first time in Africa. So I have, I was blessed. I had the luxury to just go to one of the most beautiful places on the world, right? Yeah. But when I, when I got there, you know, realistically, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, everybody treated me with such grace and respect and, you know, they heard about me and the things that I've done in America. So they embraced me. And then, you know, once I really told everybody about my things I wanted to do off of the court as well, they received me even more, it seemed, because they noticed where my heart is. They know what my, you know, 
actual my plan and my initiatives are in terms of economic development out there. So they want, you know, people in Cape Town, it's very developed. Let's start there, right? So they're always looking for new nuances and innovative ways to help improve South Africa in general. So, um, you know, it's just an awesome place. It's, it's really, I consider it my second home. I can't wait to go back. I'm actually going back in January. And, um, you know, the, the scale and the, the way I see Cape Town developing over the next 20 years is just, the sky's the limit, man. I can't wait to get some property. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, a lot of people in the States have this inaccurate impression of Africa. They think it's, um, you know, just agricultural and nothing else, or it's kind of a third world country or, you know, behind the times a little bit, maybe. Uh, and I think it's just misinformation. They really don't understand when actually, if you go to Africa, you go to Tanzania, you go to South Africa, you go to Ghana and Nigeria, some of these major cities, especially, there is everything you can imagine. And it is cutting edge. I mean, technology and design and music and obviously sports. Um, you know, it, do you, do you, am I accurate, do you think, in, in that many Americans have a mis, uh, misunderstanding of, of Africa as, as a continent? A hundred percent. We have to do a better job as people, you know, no matter what race, how old, how young. Whenever you do go to Africa, any part of Africa, we have to do a better job of coming back with the real information and rebranding what it really is, right? I right. look at I look at us as a society, the best branders that I've ever seen is America. The home right. of the brave, the land of the free. And, and you know, it's it's great. But we have to take that same approach when we're talking about Africa, right? We can no longer uh, come in with the mindset of poverty, the mindset of they need help. No, right. it, it, we have to come into the, the mindset of, okay, they have Lamborghinis. <laughs> they have, out of our 10 uh, African-American billionaires, 40% come from Nigeria alone, right? Wow. It's like, it's, it's certain things that we have to know. You know, it's so much more than just the resources, but also in the private equity, the, the fintech space. There's some amazing things that's going on there that, you know, some of the best gamers in the world are coming from Africa. And you, we all know where gaming and tech is going in the next you know, oh, yeah. 10 to 20 Esports. years. Yeah, so it's very, it's very, you know, it's a, it's an emerging market, especially you know, you talk about the sports side of things as well, you know, mm -hmm. with the the whole, they just brought the NBA Africa there the last three years, but also the NFL Africa has just uh, approached Africa as well, so uh, really? they're scaling, yeah, they're they're scaling things up at a rapid pace, man. So I suggest everybody to really tap in and, and get involved as early as possible. Well, the more I learn, you know, associating with you and and with Lloyd Ward and Ward Holdings, which we're going to talk about a little bit, you know, the more I learn, um, I'm really intrigued, you know, just purely from an investment standpoint, if nothing else. But it's more than that. It's more than just the investment opportunity. I mean, we can talk a little bit about the, the pre-IPO with Ward Holdings, because I know you're kind of a celebrity host or a celebrity sponsor of Ward Holdings, right? You're a... You're more than that. You're a business. You're involved in business development. You and 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 Lloyd are very good friends. You've stayed at his home, I know, in Tanzania, if I'm not mistaken, and and so forth. But um, but I'm I'm very in, I'm very intrigued by it from a financial standpoint. But it's more than that because Africa has so much richness to it and depth and diversity and just heart, right? The the uh, the culture. I mean. 
obviously I look at Tanzania a lot because I work with Lloyd uh, uh, a lot these days. We're doing some things together, but um, but South South Africa is the same way. I mean, every country in Africa has its own unique characteristics and just the music and the colors and just everything. It's just so like this, this um, kaleidoscope of opportunity, right? And, and, uh, and richness that is very appealing. It's very, it's very attractive to me. So anyway, um, tell me more about Cape Town. What did you like about it best? Um, the, the best thing about Cape Town, other than the beaches, <laughs> other than the other than the party life um uh, you know they have some amazing people man you know you, I've, I've learned so much like i in cape town for example i got really into wine you know one thing that i didn't know that cape town has cape town in general cape town and stellenbosch that's where the best wine in africa comes from literally you know because mm. of the climate everything that's going on especially stellenbosch so uh i hooked up with some of the best sommeliers and um inside of Africa in general, some of the best vineyards. And, um, you know, it just exposed me to so much, you know, from an international business standpoint, you know, I find that a lot of people that have businesses there, they're from all over uh, in the world, Europe. A lot of Europeans live in Cape Town, right? A lot of people in America, they live in Cape Town. And they actually brought their businesses from where they started at and they brought it to Cape Town for a better opportunity, also a better way of living, you know, because you can get the exact same thing for a cheaper price and you know if you're a business person that's where you want to be so right. it's, the, it's a one-of-a-kind place yeah how does the cost of living compare to the u.s for sure so let's let's break it down like this pat if we go out to dinner okay we go get a lobster we get a bottle of wine we get um you know every everything else like entrees and everything a expensive meal that may cost $300 here in the States, it would literally cost about $70 to $60 in Cape Town. Wow. If not better price. quality as well. Exactly. And, and it's kind of like uh, Malibu or somewhere, right? I mean, the beaches are incredible. Exactly. Um, the beaches are incredible. <laughs> Did you learn how to surf while you're there? That's my question. You know, the, the, the sad part about being an NBA Africa athlete, I can hike, I can surf, I couldn't ride horses, I couldn't do anything <laughs> of that nature because of my contract. Right. I don't want to risk you getting hurt. You're an asset. Exactly. exactly. Well, uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, I've been watching some of your uh, like highlights of your game and my favorite move you do, which is actually my favorite move, is when you fake left and spin to your left and lay it in. And I do that. I do that move all the time and they're left holding their jock, you know, trying to keep up. And <laughs> you do that a lot. I see that a lot in your highlights. You know, which move I'm talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a nice go-to, man. Uh, actually one of my veterans, Ben Uzo, he taught me, he played for the Raptors for a long time. He taught me that move. So I implemented it into my bag. It is. It's unstoppable because they're either going to foul you or you're going to score, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we are uh, we are up against our first break, but we're visiting with uh, Jared Harrington. He's an NBA basketball player with NBA Africa, He's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist. Lots more to talk about. So don't go away. We'll, we'll be right back and we'll continue the conversation.
Uncertainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you're, uh, you're listening to Finding Certainty on Voice America Business. And we have a special guest today, Mr. Jared Harrington. Uh, Jared's only 25 years old. Is that right, Jared? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 25. I, I, I told you I'd tell you a funny story. I was playing basketball at the gym. Uh, this was six months or so ago. And me and this one guy who we were the two older guys, we were we had one other player. And we were playing these three high school kids. And and uh, we we beat their butts, right? <laughs> and when we were done, they said, man, they're like, you guys are pretty good. I go, how old are you? I actually asked them. I said, how old do you think I am? And they said, I don't know, 35. I said, well, if you flip those two numbers around, you're going to be right. <laughs> it seems strange that I'm 53 years old because I don't feel that old. And But anyway, so, but we added it up and I was older than all three of them combined. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I, I look back at when I was 25 years old and I wish I had had my head on as straight as you do and had accomplished as much as you do. I was still trying to figure out my head from my butt, you know, when I was 25. And and yet you are doing so much with uh, with your career and with your uh, business. And so I want to I want to jump into that. Um, tell us a little bit about. BTO about Beat the Odds Ventures, and then maybe uh, later in the show we'll we'll get into Beat the Odds Global, which I know is where your real heart is. That's your passion. But let's talk about the business. Sure. BTO stands for Beat the Odds. How did it start, and what does it do? Uh, let's let our listeners understand. You know, you as a as an entrepreneur, entrepreneur first, and then we'll get into the philanthropy side later. For sure. So uh, Beat the Odds started actually when I was in Mongolia. So I will tell you a funny story. This is my first contract coming out of college. And I had uh, an agent at the time. And the agent said, you should get a financial advisor. And I looked at him like with such a look of disgust. <laughs> I just was like, 
How dare you look at me and say, I need a financial advisor. You don't even know how smart I really am. So it motivated me to just even, I mean, to really get smarter. And so uh, I tapped into all my resources. I learned about private equity. I learned about VC and I just locked in. So every day in Mongolia, my, literally my schedule was to wake up, work out, go to practice and study. And I would do that every single day while I was there, right? And to a point where it's like, okay, other athletes need to take the same approach. They need to take this mentality. They need to take, you know, everything that I want to do with financial literacy. And what can I do to help the masses, especially with my already built platform from the athlete perspective? So I said, hmm, beat the odds. And then boom, it sparked it. So beat the odds started out with just financial literacy. And as we've grown this time in, uh, in Asia and Africa, we actually turned into a literacy conglomerate. And so we teach different forms of literacy, not just financial. So if that's legal, right? If that's blockchain, metaverse, I mean, not metaverse, uh, Web3, um, crypto, it, it goes very, very extensive. And uh, even we even go extensive to a master monetization course that we teach uh, with each curriculum, because at the end of the day, it starts with a mentality, right? right. So we, we find some of the best experts all over the world uh, to feed back into our curriculums, into our platforms. And um, we really make it a standpoint through our media, our curriculum, and our events. Well, and this is no small endeavor, right? Uh, one of my very first guests on Finding Certainty, he's owned a credit repair company for 30 plus years. Actually, one of the first credit forensic or credit restoration companies in America. And, and he talked about how he actually tried pushing a program into the schools that would teach kids about finance and teach them about how to use their credit and, you know, and, and these principles and he actually got a lot of pushback from the financial institutions and others because they don't want you to know those things. They don't want you they to have good that. credit. And because the worse your credit is, the more you're going to pay them. Right. And the worse you, you understand that the less you understand finance, uh, the more likely you're going to borrow money at high rates, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's so forth and so on. And so, so it was really surprising to me to hear that the schools and these institutions were not encouraging kids to learn these principles, you'd think you know, it just goes against everything that we hold dear, right? It's building strong communities, but, but it comes down to the almighty dollar and people want to earn their interest and they want us to stay in bondage. And so I love the fact that you, you realized that there was a need. You did something about it. You've now helped hundred over a hundred thousand kids to learn and develop these these literacy skills, and you continue to do so. It's ongoing, mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's pretty incredible, my friend. And, and let me let me tell you the best part. Um, we have a curriculum, a tier one and a tier two curriculum for every subset that we're offered. We offer uh, seven to this current date, right? Any client that we have in Africa, I don't even call them clients. I want to call them our community. Mm -hmm. Any member from our community is completely free in Africa. Really? So we, like I said, it's even, and this is our for-profit. This is not our non-profit, even though they go hand in hand. But we have a, a mindset of it's so much bigger than the dollar because when we do right, great things come back to us, right? And I understand that, you know, I was born in D.C. and this is where, I, you know, I'm very comfortable. I, I help a lot of people here in the States as well. But, mm -hmm. man, people in Africa need it twice as worse, you know? And so, oh, yeah. you know, I came, I came over there with that mentality and I already, the great, the greatest thing about me, and I'm glad you, you pointed that up about a lot of challenges 
that a lot of people may face when they want to you know step into this financial literacy world or just literacy world in general i have i come into it as a professional athlete right so it's, it's a little bit different when you just see me play on ESPN and NBA TV last week, and then I'm coming into your your community the next week. You're like, I just saw you on TV. What are you doing here? You know, with no security, looking regular. I'm like, I'm a person too. You know, basketball is what I do, not who I am. Right. So yeah. my passion is to help, no matter which way I can, even if that's providing access. Because you know, one thing about being an NBA Africa athlete, you get access to a lot of connections, a lot of people. Right. So that's why I built the BTO platform because I can invite anybody into my platform, someone like yourself, you know, invite anybody into my platform to just give their little nitbits about what their specialty is to educate the masses. Well, I, I respect you a lot, my friend. I, uh, you know, I have, I've had a lot of different guests on our show, but you're the first athlete I've had actually professional athletes. So you'll always be remembered as the, as the uh, leader, I guess, in that space. But, um, but I really love that. You know, I love that you are, you are making a point to recognize that you've been blessed. You're giving back. And, and I really think that athletes and any, anyone who has that sort of influence, they have that sort of access. Um, they have an opportunity, not just to um, earn an income, a great income and, and entertain people, but they have an opportunity, even a responsibility to give back, right? It's exactly. more than just, you should do this. It's really, you need to do this. And I'm really glad that you you understand it because not everybody does, right? Not, every, not everybody does, Pat. And the thing about it is, you know, this is just a tier. This is just a low end, right? The next step is the school because I'm building innovation schools and also Bespoke State. And we'll get more into that later or uh, I'm building bespoke stadiums throughout Africa as well as we speak. So the innovation school is the first phase. And um, that's something that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, actually, a big reason why we met is because I was at Liberty University presenting this uh, to them because I actually want to have it in the States and as well as uh, right. back in Africa. But uh, with the Innovation Academy, man, I don't want just a regular school, right? I want to curate the highest thought leaders. I want to curate agriculture, private equity. I want to curate that master monetization where we have these super terrestrial, you know, athletes that just come out of nowhere, seven foot tall, and, you know, they're going to get drafted to the NBA in the next two years. Okay, now we have to bring them into a, a place, a safe space where we educate them about master monetization. How do we, you know, monetize your image and likeness, you know? And IL deals. It's so much deeper than you know the, the I see. So the, I'm really excited about the things we're able to do. Well, I've heard you use two phrases. You talk about major substance and major change. And when you have the platform that you do as a pro athlete, as a celebrity, as it were, you have this level of fame and and uh, exposure and and notoriety. I mean, you've been you're being interviewed on CNN and you know. Business Weekly and, and, and Entrepreneur Magazine. I mean, the list goes on and on, right? And you do have an opportunity to, to I, maybe the best word for it is to create a legacy, right? To make yep. a difference. We, we talk in our company, Certainty Management, we're about more than just making income. We want to make a difference. We want to do more than just do business. We want to do good. And and why is that, right? Why is that important? Number one, I do believe we have a, an obligation to do it, a responsibility. But I'll tell you, it is so much more 
gratifying and fulfilling when you do. If if you haven't figured this out yet and you're out there trying to build a business and and uh, or be an entrepreneur, if you don't understand the value and the importance of giving back and paying it forward, uh, I've got a, a mentor named Bill Walsh. She's a billionaire here in I, the I States. Just with Bill, I was just with Bill uh, last week. It's crazy you said that. Really? Well, he he talks a lot about how you got to serve first, right? And if you do, exactly. everything will come back to you. You put it out there and it comes back. So so I love that, you know, but... Shout, shout out to Bill. He's a great guy. He told me that... He actually told me to get started on my book right now. I told him, I've been writing a book for a few years. He said, what are you waiting for? Put it out. I said, Bill, <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. Yeah, he's... I'm actually going to a, his uh, Rainmaker conference this week here in, in Vegas. It in starts Vegas. tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... Uh, you have to come out to the next one and be our guest. But um, mm-hmm. so let's talk. Since we're on the business topic here, I, I want to get into more of BTO uh, uh, Global. But um, let's talk about your relationship with Lloyd Ward because he was my guest last week. It was one of the most listened to episodes I've ever had. Got mm-hmm. a lot of positive feedback on it, and and you two are like two peas in a pod. I mean, you are, you are like the younger version of Lloyd Ward. Right? Because that, that, That's exactly how we connected. They, they put us together. Like, no, he is you build him up. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, and what he's doing with Ward holdings, we, we referred to his uh, episode. We called it the unshackling of Africa and liberating Africa and what they're doing with cutting out the middleman and, and, Removing the marginalization, the colonialization, the the, the uh, mismanagement, and importing food directly to the U.S. rather than it going through India or China or Vietnam and other places, you know, it, it seems so simple, but it's taken three hundred years to get there. And you are doing the same thing. You're rebranding Africa, and you're helping open up borders and opportunities for with Americans, you know, people here in the States and people in Africa. And there's, it's creating this really amazing synergy that uh, obviously Lloyd is doing, you're doing as well. And so, um, you know, when we talk about rebranding Africa, we, we mentioned this early in the show, but why do you think it's necessary? Why is it so important that it happen? Uh, if I may? It is important because if not now, when? It is a time right now where we have a technology space. We have one degree of separation. <laughs> it's so many things that's happening to us all at one time. We have to take advantage of it, right? Because at the end of the day, we've been seeing Africa has been at a place of, uh, you know, third or fourth or fifth. Never at a highlighted moment. Exactly. Never at a highlighted moment of, you know, we can be number one. With the masses, the average age of Africans right now, it's 19 years old. That wow. should tell you something, you know, and that's a, that's a major fact that a lot of people don't understand. It's a young continent, literally. So when you think about the youth, you think about the tech, it's a no-brainer that both of them are going to be at the top. Now it's a matter of does it happen today, does it happen in 10 years, does it happen in 40 years, 60 years, only time will tell. But one thing we do know, it will happen. Well, the thing is, is if if uh, if you're smart, then you want to get in and ride that wave, be a part of it, help support it, open up doors. Uh, as I said, just strictly from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. Africa is the place to invest these days. I mean, Lloyd is spot on with board holdings and their pre-IPO. 
They're making it transparent. They're making it public. They're going to take it to NASDAQ. I mean, if you want a phenomenal investment, get in on one of their pre-IPO meetings they have twice a week and buy some shares at $0.10 a share because imagine if they went to $100, $200, $300 a share like Apple and these others have. Um, I mean, it, it could literally make millionaires being a part of something that has been a long time coming, but is actually coming to pass. It's, I mean, they're they're already valued at five point six billion dollars, and they've just had their first shipment of cashews come into the country three weeks ago. And so, exactly. Now, did you get a exactly. chance to go to Tanza Fest, or were you uh, were you out of country or out of the? Out I was the out of the country. I was out of the country at the time. Uh, I didn't go, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm in constant constant uh, communication with them daily. So I know it went well. I'm really, you know, outside looking at it, I'm just proud of the efforts and the things that they're doing because, you know, me and Lloyd, we talk all the time. You know, he's opened up a lot of doors for me to make my job a lot easier as well. And yeah. then the reciprocity that I, you know, <laughs> that we have is that I'm able to have that social capital from, you know, a broad standpoint. So right. a lot of people, they want to hear what I have to say. So uh, it's a no-brainer, man. I love Lloyd. Well, you do. You have a good. Uh, you have a good platform, and you have a voice that people are listening to. Jared, they want to hear it. And you, you hit a really good point. I think a really important point about the age of the majority of the population in Africa is very young age. They're millennials yeah. and beyond, and so it's this whole new generation that's coming up. They want the opportunity. They're willing to work for it. They're, I mean, some of the hardest workers, most humble. Uh, most extraordinary people I've ever known were from Africa. And, and I'll tell you where I say that. I lived in Italy for two years. I was a, I did a service mission for my church in Italy and later went back as an interpreter with the army. But I had several friends from Ghana and Nigeria, and they were the most incredible people I've ever known. Not only talented and the hardest workers I've ever met, but so humble that – and I think it's an important piece to it all. You know, you – you uh, and maybe in some respects, it's. It, I'm sure it's come from the challenges and the and the and the hardships that they've gone through. But I believe humility is a really important piece of long lasting success. It's one thing I liked about you, even though you have you've accomplished these amazing things in in the first quarter of your quarter century of your life, and you're yeah, and and you walk down the street there in Cape Town or South Sudan, and you. And people come up and ask for your autograph and et cetera, et cetera. You were really humble. You know, you were really down to earth. And uh, you talk about going in and meeting kids and you don't have a bodyguard with you. You don't have a big entourage. That says a lot about you, Jared. And it's one of the reasons I think you're seeing so much success and why Africa is going to be wildly successful because they appreciate the opportunities they have. They don't take them for granted. Right, mm-hmm. and they're not arrogant about it. Even when they're wildly successful, at least in my experience, most Africans I've met are just really are authentic and genuine. They're really down to earth. So, would you agree? Precisely. I, I would agree one hundred percent. Actually, one of the speakers that I have, his name is Julius Malawi. He's coming in, and we met at um, a conference, Unstoppable Africa. I had no idea this guy was a billionaire. We we were sitting over there drinking our wine and. And just talking regular, right? And so he never mm-hmm. even mentioned his accomplishments or nothing. He, you know, nothing he's done. This guy's built city. This guy's helping Acon build his city, right? And wow. I'm up here talking to this guy about food and drinks and how we like it. You know, it, it's just <laughs> I love that type of approach because he didn't even know I played in the NBA Africa as well. We just two guys talking. 
about how right. can we make a change, you know? So I, I would say that they do have a level of humility over there. And they also have a um, a level of, they want more, right? They, they're, they're tired of, you know, yeah, they're hungry, man. They're, they're tired of getting that notion of, okay, nothing is going on over here. They, they want to stand up. They want to really push, you know, the narrative of this is the new Africa. Right. Well, we are up against our second break and last break. Uh, so we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in another minute. And uh, we're listening to uh, Jared Harrington. He's an NBA basketball player. Splits his time between uh, Washington, D.C. and uh, currently South Sudan. So let's come back and talk about your, your new contract and the new move you've made. And let's get into your nonprofit as well. Uh, hold tight, guys. We'll be right back. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero-cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. We're back with uh, Jared Harrington, NBA basketball player. He's currently playing for South Sudan, uh, Cobra Sports in the Nile Conference, right? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Uh, just a recent transfer, not too long ago, that you uh, contracted with them, decided to leave gorgeous Cape Town and move to, uh, is it Juba, uh, South Sudan? Is that where they're yep, headquartered? I, yep, I was right. in Juba, South Sudan. Mm-hmm. So tell us uh, just briefly, and I want to get into the, the, the nonprofit before we run out of time here, but tell us briefly why you made the move, why you decided to go from, from Cape Town to uh, South Sudan. For sure. Um, one thing we all know, business is business, right? So uh, uh, South Sudan came with an offer that I couldn't resist. And so uh, I had to make the best business decision for my career, all in all. I understand. Plain and simple. Yeah. You, you miss Cape Town, but it's Juba. Uh, it's a beautiful city. Uh, so, so Juba is a beautiful city. It's still uh, developing. Um, I spent about two months in Juba with the team training before, because, you know, in the, in the NBA Africa, we're all in a bubble um, in Egypt. 
And then after that bubble in Egypt, we go to our next bubble in Rwanda. So uh, like I said, I, I spent that two months out there. It was amazing, man. Uh, the people received me so well. I, I see that they're trying to build a lot there, right? Um, South Sudan has one of the best basketball teams in the world. Um, and a lot of current NBA guys are actually come out of South Sudan. So uh, a lot of people are dumping millions and millions of money uh, down there. So it's going to be very successful. I love the fact that the NBA is investing so much into Africa. I mean, they've obviously seen the value of that investment. They're building gyms, they're, you know, and, and stadiums and so forth and so on. And, you know, they know it pays off. Some of the greatest players in the, in the world have come out of Africa and, you know, like Mr. Jared Harrington, right? You know, you, uh, for sure, for sure. you are and, and uh, making your own name as there. Well. That's right. Yes, I mean, I, the reason why I bring up the Kenbe, you know, even though he's he felt a little ill currently, um, we're actually, his business and my business, we just collaborated. Um, he has a, a business for self-sustainability water, and he's coming in because I told you I'm trying to build uh, bespoke stadiums as well as innovation academies throughout Africa. So shout out to right. Kenbe. Hope he gets better. <laughs> well, we, uh, um, we are coming toward the end of the show. So let's talk about BTO Global in a little bit of detail. We actually have a caller that I want to get to uh, say, uh, ask a question here in a minute. But um, as you've moved from the States to Mongolia to Cape Town, now you're in Juba, or you're, well, you're traveling, but you're playing for South Sudan. Through it all, you decided to start this foundation. And it's focused on literacy, not just financial literacy. You talk about blockchain, you talk about entrepreneurship and and so forth and so on. What was it primarily that made you want to do the nonprofit route as well? So for the nonprofit route, that's where my heart is, right? My heart has always been about giving back. And um, with me being all these different places, I'm like, okay, I can have different branches all over the world. I could have BTO Global literally be global. <laughs> so uh, it was, right. we, we're, we're focused on economic development. So uh, we just made the integration to Mexico now. So now we're officially in Mexico as well. And so uh, the things we're able to do and the people we're able to, the lives we're able to change. For one, one quick story, in Africa, um, I, I had a guy, his name uh, was Tony. And I had a series called Stop Loss Series. So I would go around different places throughout Africa. I would you know, find different African cameramans and get that workforce development back into my nonprofit. And we will go highlight different small business owners, different guys from out of the, the, uh, the townships, some high-level CEOs. Um, we, we, we just want to really highlight these different things that's going on in Africa, man. And uh, this guy in particular, we went to his house. I couldn't even get in the door. I'm so tall. I had to bend, bend my head down. And um, I had a conversation with him and, uh, and his brother. And I said, man, do you know what cryptocurrency is? And his brother said, Crip what? Crip what? I'll never forget. He said, Crip what? Crip what? And I had to think in my mind, this is the first time. I'm the first person that introduced this guy to cryptocurrency. He didn't even know what it was. And I said, right. man, I just sat back. I sat back and I almost cried. I, I got a little emotional, uh, to be honest, because I'm like, wow, it's these are things that we take for granted, even though we're a believer or not, or not a believer. The fact that we have the access to know what these things are is the thing that it really, it really messed me up, man. And so I really, I, from that day on, I went so hard with my nonprofit. That I'm like, you know what? This is something that needs to be done. Right. 
I've heard you say on other interviews and just in speaking with you, you talk about being the mentor that you never had, right? And just how important it is to help kids, you know, help athletes. I mean, there's a lot of athletes out there who need financial literacy. They need to know how to invest and make sure they're not wasting their money. And, you know, they're putting it into causes and businesses so that it continues because we all know that every professional career comes to an end and sometimes faster than we want it to. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, you know, you have, um, you, you, you have under, you, you have gained that, that understanding, that paradigm shift that so many need to have. And so many kids can benefit uh, by that mentorship, by that, by that um, guidance and direction. It can change lives generationally if you do that. Right. Exactly. That's what I love about Word Holdings and what Lloyd is doing, um, because he um, he is changing things generationally and using all his experience as the first African American, you know, CEO of Fortune 500 company, and to change things. This is this is historic. It's not just financial. It's not just good business. It is like I always say, it has it has heart. But real quick, we have a caller on hold. Uh, if you don't mind putting him through, I think he has a quick question for it. It's uh, maybe a surprise to you, Jared, but it's uh, uh, Mr. Frank Hellring. You're going to be on his show here on Voice America next week. My guy, Frank. Hey, Jared. How are you? Nice to hear your voice. Haven't heard it since we were in Lynchburg, Virginia. I just wanted to uh, put in a quick uh, call to you to uh, tell you how excited I am to have you on my show on the 30th. And we'll talk about the uh, aftermath of this incredible event that you're going to put on in Washington, D.C. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't wait. The 30th is fastly approaching. So uh, Absolutely. Well, I'll look forward to having you on the show. You guys take care. You had a great, great show today, Patrick. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate you. Um, To that point, Jared is spearheading a a big event in Washington, D.C. this next week on on uh, December 12th, it's called Innovation Now, right? And it's it's really a precursor to President Biden's African World Su- uh, World Leaders Summit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you want to make a quick plug for that? Tell us what it's about and then uh, how people can get a hold of you. And then we're going to be up against our, our, our block here. For sure. So Innovation Now, um, we're just highlighting how do we bridge uh, business between African and American and also global business, right? So I'm bringing in uh, Judas Malawi uh, as a speaker. Lloyd is also a speaker and also U.S. Representative Oye is speaking as well. And um, the, the people in the room are flying in from all over places like Uganda government's flying in for us, uh, the Liberian government's flying in for us, the Tanzanian government's flying in for us. And, and, you know, we're just really coming up with innovative solutions of that one problem because at the end of the day, we need to bring business to Africa and Africa needs to bring business all over the world, right? So how do we help each other? How do we help one another and how do we scale it? So um, like I said, I'm excited for that event. It's a precursor to Joe Biden's uh, summit and, um, you know, the first of many. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Jared. Um, sure. You know, it, it's interesting. I see this in Lloyd. I see this in you and, and several of our guests are great examples of of throwing that 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 pebble into the water that becomes a rock becomes a boulder it has these ripple effects right you you become a basketball player you end up going to africa you start your business start your foundation 
and you start having these ripple effects that just keep going, right? I mean, one of the things you did when you were in Cape Town is you helped stop people from being evicted illegally. And I know it's one of your proudest achievements, right? I've heard you say that. Um, you know, who would have thought that you'd be in Cape Town keeping, helping people save their homes, right? And Who would have thought, right? <laughs> uh, and now you're meeting with, um, uh, you know, world leaders and uh, pre, uh, as, as a precursor to the President's Summit. And you're bringing together these minds, these not just business leaders, but government leaders, global leaders, to talk about solutions. Africa has 60% of the arable land in the world. They will be the leader in food production and, and, and really feeding the, feeding the planet as we approach 9 billion people. If, uh, if that doesn't turn somebody's head, I don't know what will, right? Exactly. Because we all got to eat, right? <laughs> we all got to eat. Uh, it's kind of important. It's, it's like I saw a quote once that said, you know, money isn't that important, but it's right up there like with oxygen on the got to have it scale. You know, food is the same, right? Exactly. So uh, any last thoughts as we uh, wind this thing down? Oh, man, first and foremost, I appreciate you, Pat, as always. Um, this The things that I'm doing, I couldn't do without God. Uh, so I always have to give him the glory. And also, anybody that wants to stay tuned or you know join our initiatives, we also have an initiative with Google headquarters in Africa. We're sending um, ten kids from our my area in Washington D.C. We're sending them to Google uh, headquarters for workforce development. You know, potentially get a full time job is, and also get that rebranding of Africa, like I spoke about. And so we have tons of initiatives like that. But uh, follow me um, on at Jared Harrington Ten. Also, you know, follow our for-profit at BTO Ventures and also our non-profit at BTO.global. And then for our website, it's www.btoglobal.org. Well, you've been a great guest, Jared, and it's always a pleasure. Best of luck with your event this coming week. Wish we could be there, but we uh, we will be cheering you on from this side of the country. And uh, one of these days, we'll go to Cape Town together. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, man. Bring your golf clubs. <laughs> I will. I'll bring my basketball. Maybe we can play a little one-on-one. -on -one. You got to go easy on me, though. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. For sure. Well, we've been listening to uh, Jared Harrington. Uh, he's the founder and CEO of BTO Ventures, Beat the Odds Ventures, and BTO Global. Doing a lot of great good. And continue those ripple effects, Jared. You're going to change millions of lives. We will be rooting for you, cheering you on, and helping if we can. And uh, it's been an honor. Thanks so much for being here, my friend. Anytime. Can't, look to, can't wait to come back. All right. Take care, guys. Have a great, uh, Have a great day. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.